You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, Super Wild Card Weekend is in the books, TJ. I know we're going to get into the results of some of these games and how bad some of them actually were, but your thoughts on Monday night football in the first round of playoffs? Underwhelming. (laughs) Underwhelming. Just because of the game or you didn't want to have football on Monday night? I think Monday night football at playoffs, um, as a fan, you know, you kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, it's kind of cool, but... I don't know. I've grown into this. I've grown accustomed to being like old grumpy dad where it's hard for me to stay up past, you know, 10 o'clock and watch these games now. Yeah. And that game last night, I mean, that was one of the longest first first hour. The first half alone took almost two yeah. hours. And it's like, good Lord, That's because it was a miserable on. game. It was miserable. The reviews. Uh, it, was, it was. I did not enjoy it. I mean, I didn't enjoy it. I, I would much rather have... Um, you know, the for the wild card weekend, the three Saturday and the three Sunday. Yeah, and I'm the type of guy I love getting up and getting the day started, and then you know getting ready about twelve thirty to sit on the couch and watch the football. And Saturday was, it just felt like it took forever for that four thirty game to start. Yeah. Um. So I did not, I did not particularly enjoy the Monday night football game, and I didn't. I mean, to be honest with you. Weren't that many good games this weekend? You no. know, I think Dallas and San Fran turned out to be what we thought it was going to be pretty close back and forth. But you look at that as a whole, um, you know, you might watch it and say, yeah, it was back and forth, good football game. That was a terrible football game. Like both teams tried to give that away as hard as they could. It's the mistakes, the penalties, the stupid, you know, fake punt into leaving your punt team out there on first down. And what are you doing to the quarterback draw with 14? It was just a bad football game. And I think that, I'm glad it's over. Um, I think that every team that deserved to win did win. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for this divisional round, man. I am. I think it's clearly the best eight teams in football left. I think it's always the best weekend of football, maybe outside of the conference championship games. Um, but this is one of my favorite weekends of football coming up with the divisional round with the, with the four games left, everything on the line, eight really good teams standing there. Um, I think it's going to be a good weekend. But, yeah, this past weekend was I just kind of felt like it was a little bit underwhelming. Not a whole lot of surprise, not a lot of shock factor, mm-hmm. not you know, not really any upsets, just kind of blah. 
It's kind of blah. That's kind of how I felt about it. It was. I mean, it started off all right. Raiders, Bengals. It wasn't a bad game. It's still two teams that you're like, you're not wowed by anything. Um, And to your point, the Bengals, I thought they were the better team. They won. Uh, the Bills game, I mean, that, that one felt like it was over, you know, four or five minutes <laughs> into the game, kickoff, yeah. um, which thank goodness it was a late game. So you could get to bed early. Um, Eagles bucks, that game was over early, uh, 49ers Cowboys. That was to your point. It was the best game, uh, in regards to suspense. And I want to talk about the end of that game in just a minute. Steelers chiefs, that one blew. uh, and then Cardinals Rams, uh, you know, you couldn't finish the week out worse. Yeah. Than that. News fest. I do like having another game on Monday night because what the hell else am I going to do on Monday night? You know, the, the, the high school basketball games, Tuesday, you know, and, and Thursday, probably Friday. Monday night's just kind of that open night. So I was fine with it. Um, we did have a Stafford cast, much like uh, the Manning cast uh, that simulcast next to uh, the Monday night football game. They had theirs last night. We had one here at the station, and I was. Uh, you were miserable. I, I was miserable. <laughs> I was miserable. And and I, I want to ask you, so I was miserable because there's a certain way I like to watch football games. Yeah. And I know that, you know, and, and the argument is, well, you know, during the Michigan games, I'm talking for the whole game. I get that, right? That, I'm, that's my job. When I'm at home, I want to watch football a certain way. And there were 10 people on that cast, nine more than I really wanted to be in my living room. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, TJ, you were one of them. It wasn't that I don't like you. It's not that I don't like anybody on that. But when I watch a game, I've got two screens going. And I've got the TV, which has, you know, the game going at game speed. I've also streaming it on my iPad so that I can go back and rewatch plays. Because it's an easy, it's a, it's a like 15-second, you know, rewind. So mm-hmm. I can get back to the beginning of the play, you know, and I keep hitting it, keep hitting it. But before I know it, I'm at least four or five plays behind. I catch up in commercials, but I'm four or five plays behind. And people kept asking me questions like, hey, what did you think about the tackles block on this one? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't seen the damn thing. <laughs> and, you know, hey, well, we, what, do you, what do you think about this play? And then not only that, but everybody on the stream was – was at different levels of watching the game. If you were watching it on, you know, with one cable network or cable, you know, provider, you were basically in real time. Everybody else was 20 seconds behind. Some were 40 seconds behind. It felt like Cookies was was about two minutes behind. Yeah, yeah. And so I just thought it was it was a terrible experience for me. <laughs> and, and I do appreciate everybody that, that joined in. I appreciate everybody's comments. I was not in a hostage situation. Uh, I did not, you know... I wasn't smoking weed. I wasn't on anything. I just have a certain way I like to watch football, and that, fuck it, that wasn't it. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, I, you know, if I go to a uh, sports bar to watch a game, I'm completely fine. Yeah. Um, now it depends on rooting interest, right? I think the one thing that I've learned really the past year is that, uh, you know, I do enjoy the sports gambling. Yeah. Um, because to be honest with you, and I've always kind of been like this. I mean, if I don't have any interest in the game, um, you know, betting-wise or fantasy football or whatnot, or even when I was playing, you know, if it wasn't a matchup of teams that I was about to face in the next yeah. week or two, I, could care le- I, I couldn't care less about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with the whole betting factor and, you know, having a little bit of money on the line, like I find myself – it gives me something to cheer about. Sure. Yeah, you create um, your own interest yeah, in the you game. Can, yeah, whether that's fantasy football or whether that's, you know, the legal gambling now, uh, I, I think that gives me more interest. But, no, I mean, I'm totally fine watching the games with other people. Um, 
you know, I, I don't, does it irritate you when you're watching the game and, you know, maybe you're okay with it because you put yourself in that situation when people come up and they're like, Hey, you know, and they want to ask specifics about a certain play or about a certain position, or they just, you know, it, one individual just keeps bugging you, pestering you with questions about, you know, watching the game and, and trying to dissect it on a play-by-play basis when you can't watch the replay and you don't always necessarily see what happened. Yeah, I mean, and and that's why, yes, I, it does. And that's why I, I have a very kind of select few people that I do enjoy watching the game with like Saturday. Yeah. I had a couple of buddies over to the house and we just watched the, you know, Saturday afternoon and night game. Thanks and for the invite Sunday. Uh, well, I know you don't like watching with people. It was going to, wasn't <laughs> going to waste my time. Um, and then Sunday I went to one of my buddies' house, watched a couple of games and, um, you know, but yeah, I think, you know, when you get the people, Hey, what to tell me about that? Talk to me about it. It's like, dude, it's block. No. like, come on, you know, like quit bothering me. But I watch pretty much just for entertainment value live. Yeah. And then I know, much like you, uh, I like going back and watching the film kind of throughout the week and yeah. breaking things down. And, um, you know, that's kind of when I'm more in my kind of zone where I'm just watching it by myself and yeah. trying to figure out what happened and what's going on. And um, so I, I do enjoy doing that. But now when it comes to the games, I, I don't mind being around a crowd. I don't. I, I think it's just a, you know, fun atmosphere, fun environment. Um, if you can't go to the game, I think, you know, sitting at a sports bar or something watching is uh, gives you just yeah. as much, uh, you know, uh, entertainment, but no, I think I, I have an issue with, you know, watching the games, like if watching a lions game or watching a Michigan game with other people, yeah, like I don't really enjoy that much. Right. Because, well, because you're doing, and yeah, I mean, not necessarily the Michigan game, you're doing that because you're a, you're an intense fan, but the lions exactly. game, like you're watching it because you you're working. Yeah. Working or, you know, when I wasn't working last year, you know, watching it with a group of people and then you're here and, just everybody bitching and what are yep. they doing? What's this? Come on, do that, do that. And it's just like, Jesus, it's Christ, a bitch shut fest. up. Like, my God, yeah. you know, um, or watching Michigan. Like, my wife's a Michigan State graduate. Um, every time Michigan, Michigan State play, we usually get a group of people together and it's just kind of obnoxious because, you know, half the people are screaming, then the other half are happy. And then do Michigan State grads, do they watch, are they the ones that watch the Nickelodeon simulcast? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, but no, I, I know, long answer short, I, I don't, I don't mind watching the game with other people. I, I enjoy watching it with, uh, you know, people that might have similar interest in yeah. uh, you know rooting for a team or whatnot um but no i don't i don't mind it i mean i think uh, when i watch games it's pretty much just entertainment value mm-hmm. and you take it a little bit more serious as we all found out yes <laughs> last night you did not want to be involved no. in any no. conversation and or- <laughs> and i'm not going to apologize for for the way i was last night that you is if every, you do you watch every game like that for the I mean, most like on a, nor- on a normal Sunday, right? Just so- Sunday in October. Are you? I watch one Lions game? games like that, and I'll usually watch the Sunday night game like that. Depending on what the four o'clock game is, um, I I may or may not. It depends what the family schedule is, but I, I that's just how I like to watch games because I want to figure out. And and maybe it's I like I've always had this passion that I uh, someday I want to coach. Yeah, and it just hasn't happened yet because of 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 life situations, and and my my situation doesn't doesn't lend itself to a coach's schedule. But um, it's just kind of it's just how I do it, and well, that's my kids wanted, are used to it. My wife is used to it, so that's what I wanted to ask: is what lens do you think you watch the game through? Do you watch it as former player? Do you watch it as uh, broadcast? You know what you've done a lot with Michigan football. Do you watch it as like you said? 
you know, hope maybe future coach. Um, I think I watch you it. Know, it doesn't seem like you watch it for a lot of entertainment value. Like you're actually trying to get something deeper out of it. Well, I think so much changes in the game of football year to year. There's new trends and there's always your staples, right? Things that, that you know are going to work that have worked for generations are going to continue to work. But I'm always curious as to what defenses are doing that's new. So I guess it's probably a little bit of a combination of all of it. Like, that's how I would watch film as a player. And, you know, and, and I'm sure you did as well. You're, you're very intense and you're watching. You're watching for all the little keys and all these different things. But I also watch it because I want to I see what, you know, are there some new techniques that guys are trying? I'm, I'm curious about those. And if I was to coach, you know, how do I implement those? How do I coach those? Um, what works? What doesn't work? And, you know, as a broadcaster, I do think it helps me because, You've got to be able to see more than just O-line play, right? You've got to be able to see what's going on on defense. And, and we did that when we were watching film, so it kind of yeah. goes hand in hand. Um, I love watching great defensive minds and how they'll disguise things, where they're bringing blitzes from. Sometimes they'll bring, you know, um, and, and I love watching Tampa because they got uh, Vita Vea. And he's not covering anyone, but they do show him dropping into linebacker depth of protection. Uh, of of pass defense and they're bringing corners off the edge. I think it was it, it was wildly entertaining for me to watch that. And so that's I mean that's the lens that I I watch it through and I do think it helps me when I do broadcast games because I see more of the picture and then when you get like in the booth, right? I get the instant replay. Yeah. And now I know I can anticipate what I'm looking for so I can actually then say it while it's happening on the replay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a do me a favor. Pick a game this weekend and just watch as a fan. Ooh. And then go back at the, you know Monday or Tuesday and rewatch it. Do your whole uh, you know coach and former what, player. Which thing. one? I got to pick which one I'm going to watch as a fan. I would pick. Oh, you know what? Man. Do the uh, Buffalo New England or but not Buffalo Buffalo Kansas City. That's going to be a good game. Just sit there and watch it as a fan. All right. See if there's any difference. Okay, I'll make I'll make that. Uh, or if you find yourself, you know, just kind of leaking back into John mode and. Well, you know. the problem is 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 my curiosity. Like when something happens, say the. That's Bills, what I'm saying. Don't do that. Just but go I, back I, and I, do that on Monday or Tuesday. I, you know. So make the kids take my remote. Yeah, do it. Put the remote away. Put the volume on. Grab a couple pops. Bills, just watch the Chiefs. Game. Just watch the game. What if there's a blitz and I need to know what nope, happens? Just, nope, wait till Monday. Don't do it. Wait till yeah. Monday. Well, the Chiefs, that's a hard one, too, because I like watching the, the, the you know, Eric Bieniemy and, 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 and Okay, all Don't right, fine. Just watch it. it. Just watch it. Watch it as you would watch it if you were playing in the game. You can't go back and, oh, I wanna, you know, just watch it. Enjoy just it. Just watch it live. Just watch it. All right. Just enjoy it. All right, Bill's Chiefs, I'll make that commitment to you. I will watch that one. We'll revisit it uh uh, next week, you might have to remind me because there's a chance I'll forget. I will. I'll shoot you a text. All right, I'll uh, call you. We'll Facetime. I'll make sure you're holding up your uh, your end of the bargain. You could take up one of my screens. Uh, that's just what I want to see on a Sunday night. Um, I do want to ask you this question: Which team? Because we talked about this a little bit on the morning show when you came on Tuesday morning, and it was the Lions. Yes, they are nowhere near being Green Bay. They're nowhere near being Tampa Bay. I don't think they're anywhere close to being the Chiefs. But is there a team, or did watching some of those teams give you hope 
that the Lions aren't far off from being a team that can compete for a, a playoff spot. Not a playoff win, right. but a playoff spot. Yeah, I think that was something that was pretty evident watching this weekend was, you know, you watch the Cardinals, you watch the Steelers, uh, you watch the Eagles, um, you know, the Raiders. Uh, I mean, there's there was part of me that's watching these games and I'm like, the Lions are not that far off from being a team like that, mm-hmm. you know. But like you said, I mean, they are far off from being, you know, Packers, Rams, yep. Chiefs, Bills. We're pretty far off from being that team. Well, but and that's that's a level of talent, but it's also quarterback it play. It is, yeah, 100%. But now getting over the next hump and getting to a team that can win 8, 9, maybe sneak into 10, well, I don't. I just felt like the Lions aren't far off. And uh, I know that's nothing to... Uh, right home about when you talk about when you talk about taking the next step uh, as an organization, you know, getting to the playoffs and yeah, you know, winning nine games, winning ten games. Um, is that realistic to see the Lions make that jump? Maybe this coming, you know, maybe twenty twenty two, maybe not, but pretty damn close. You know, pretty damn close. I mean, watch some of these teams in Philly looked like they, you know, they weren't ready. I mean, they right. looked awful. Arizona looked completely disinterested and no motivation, no urgency. They looked like they didn't want to be there. I can't believe. The Lions play their ass off, and I know that, you know, you had a couple more talented guys on that roster, and with the way that Coach Campbell has them playing, I mean, you, you got to think that, look, I'll put it to you quite frank. Do you think that the Monday night game, do you think the Lions probably put a, a better effort and a better game team out there than the Cardinals did? No question. I do. Yeah. Hundred percent. No, and, I don't think they're going in there and beating the Rams. But no, I think that you know that with the effort they play with, and I, I thought that I thought though, if you put the Lions against the Rams, probably would have been a more entertaining game than what the Cardinals put out there. So that was, that was just a per- pathetic, pathetic playoff performance from what we thought was going to be a good team. I think the, that's what that's what gave me hope to say, you know what, I, I don't think the Lions are far off. So here's. I think, obviously, defensively, they're a little further off. But with Aaron Glenn, I think they can overperform or outperform their roster. And here's a team I thought, as I watched them, I thought was very comparable to where the Lions could be in a a year to two years. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. Because the Niners right now, I'll start the quarterback position. Jimmy G and Jared Goff. How different are those guys, or how similar are they in regards to what they can do for an offense? Yeah, I mean, doesn't look like there's much of a difference there, does it? I no. mean, and you put the way, honestly, the 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 way that Jared Goff finished the season um, was, I mean, he, he better than Garoppolo. Yeah, Garoppolo was just uh, he, he's the type of quarterback that's going to do what you need to do. He's going to hand the ball off. He's going to get it to the guys in open space, but. You saw in that Dallas game when he had to make a couple plays, he didn't make them. Right. And he made a couple horrible decisions. You're and not going to win because of them. Right. You can not, win with them, but right. not because exactly. of them. Exactly. He's not going to be the guy that's going to go into Green Bay and throw the ball 40 times and outduel Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to happen. Jared Goff, I, I don't I mean, he's probably not going to do that either, but I I'd, I'd like my chances a lot better with him. Yeah. Um than Jim, Jimmy G and and even listening to Garoppolo's excuse after one of the in, inter, interceptions was, "Oh, I just didn't grip the ball right." What? What are you talking? You didn't grip the ball right? Like, you're a freaking starting quarterback, dude. What do you mean you're not gripping the ball right? Yeah. That is That was like one of the most corny excuses I've heard. 
Like, yeah, just made a bad pass. Like, yeah. the ball got away from You know, I didn't grip it right. Like, okay, that's pretty concerning. And that's why I like your comparison because, look, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers where their rebuild really took a turn was, you know, building that defensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's not there anymore, but DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Joey, or uh, Nick Bosa, they spent a lot of first-round picks building that defensive line. Yep. Lions aren't there yet, but if this draft goes where we're all thinking it's going to go. It, they're they're with, going down that path. With one of the top two guys at defensive end, that's that's you know, that can be a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Um, and you pair that with an offense that obviously likes to run the hell out of the ball and it's got with a really a good, good offensive, offensive line. line. Yep. Um, it take a lot of pressure off your quarterback. I, I don't I don't have any issues seeing that that comparison. Um but you know the Lions Lions don't have a Debo Samuel. You don't have a Debo, but you look at defense and you know, Sam Fran, the thing that sticks out, they have playmakers at every level of that defense, mm-hmm. right? I think if you're the Lions, um that takes a little bit of time to build, but you know, if you go get your guy, uh, either Thibodeau or Hutchinson and he turns out to be a game changing type player, um, that speeds up that speeds it up a whole lot, man. And that's uh that's kind of the success secret to success that we're seeing teams have now. And and I like that San Fran comparison. And, and so here's some of the other things that I saw is, you know, obviously we talked about the quarterback talent. Now, obviously they've got the Debo Samuel. They got the talent at, at every level on defense. Um, but scheme, like when you talk about an offensive scheme and creativity, what we saw from San Francisco in the last week of the season against the Rams yeah, they've got Debo Samuel. He can get open by himself, but he was also they 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 Brandon Ayuk, um, that entire receiving core. They were able to scheme guys open against a very good defense. Now some some of it was busted coverage. Some of it was busted coverage because they misread what the the play was going to be or the route was going to be. And I think when you think back to the way that Dan Campbell called the final few games of the of the season. I'm not saying I'm not a proponent right now of saying he should be the offensive coordinator, the play caller. But if you add somebody that has that creativity paired with the way that Dan Campbell was calling the offense, and and he was able to to you know call some reverses, call some different things that at least created opportunity, you get a little bit of what you got with San Francisco. Now that here's the thing that I think is 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 the biggest similarity, and what you didn't see in Arizona. What I don't think you saw with the Eagles is what we saw all season long with the Lions. You saw some heart. You saw some passion. You saw some guys that went out there, and that's where it makes a difference. And if you can have that along with you know some of the other components that San Francisco has, you have an opportunity to beat a team like Dallas in the playoffs. You have an opportunity to get to the playoffs. You have an opportunity to get a win. Now, I don't think San Francisco um, gets a win this weekend. I don't think they can compete with Green Bay. But I do think that they're a team that the Lions are close to being. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And this offseason is going to uh, potentially be one of the biggest um, for the Lions. For Brad Holmes. Yeah, for Brad Holmes. I mean, this is the time where you really have to make a stamp on your football team, what you're going to be for the future. And Mm -hmm. uh, But, no, I think there's good – there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about – what this Lions team is going to be in the future. You know, mm-hmm. the coach uh, has shown that, you know, he's able to get the guys to buy in. Uh, he gets uh, incredible effort from his guys every single week, and you compare that, you, you you combine that with hopefully some even, you know, better talent next year. Um, they could be a team to surprise some people. Now, TJ, 
we got some great games. You mentioned this is your favorite weekend of pro football coming up. You've got eight teams, four games. The Niners are going to be the first one to take the field against the Green Bay Packers. Bengals at Tennessee Titans, Rams at Tampa, and the Bills at the Chiefs. Let's start with the Niners and Packers. I know, you know, obviously you got a vested interest in the Packers. A lot of us really believe that they're right now they're playing the best football of anybody going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. What do you see? What do you want to see from Green Bay coming off of a bye week that makes you believe that, hey, their rhythm is going to continue throughout the playoffs? Look, I'm excited, I think, first and foremost to watch them get back uh, some starters, you know, and defensively, I don't know Zadarius Smith if he's going to be available maybe this week, but he's close. Uh, Jair Alexander, they're uh, all pro corner. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's close. I, I think he'll probably get back into the rotation there uh, on the defensive uh, side. But the offensive line, I mean, they've played, you know, the last eight weeks of the season, you know, they were playing with four backup offensive mm-hmm. linemen. It's amazing. And, you get back David Bakhtiari. He played, uh, you know, the last week against the Lions for 25, 30 plays, just kind of getting back in football shape. He's going to be a huge asset to have back on that offensive line. Billy Turner, um, you know, a couple other guys. Josh Myers, the rookie center, who was playing really good before he got hurt. He's yep. going to be back in the lineup. So Aaron Jones, who's been kind of beat up, he's going to be uh, should be healthy after a two week break. Uh, I think. Look, Packers. There's just something about that team that. Um, they're just playing just so damn good. And Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are two probably the best at their position in yeah. my mind. I know Cooper Cup had a better statistical year, but Devontae in my mind is still the number one receiver in the NFL. And I don't think anybody's playing better than Aaron Rodgers. I, I think there's just something about him that this year that, uh, you know, maybe there is a very cryptic post you know, in the preseason, uh, him and Devontae kind of posted some Michael Jordan pictures yeah. about, you know, the last dance and all this, uh, you know, cute shit. Uh, but there's something about the way he's playing, man. I, I don't know if he knows that this might be his last year in Green Bay. Nobody knows except him. But I just see them. It, it just seems like finally in Green Bay, it, it seems like a team of destiny. It just seems like everything's going right for them. They're getting healthy at the right time. They're getting players to step up in a big way. Um, and look, Lambo Lambo's a hard place to play in January. Yep. Uh, it was uh, it was disheartening last year that they get the one seed and teams got to go through Lambo, and it's a COVID year, you yep. know, with no fans, no fans, and that yeah. just takes a huge uh, advantage away from you. And uh, but you trying to take away what uh, Tampa did? Yeah, said they couldn't do it with yeah, fans. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the, main the insinuation. Yeah, yeah, well yeah, done, hundred percent. But well no, done. I think look, Green Bay's just playing too damn good. I think this game, San Francisco. Look, I mean they they've been playing good too. But when you look at the way that uh, Jimmy G played against Dallas, I think there were. A lot of concerns. Oh, yeah. If he can do that against good teams and get away with it, I don't think he can. Uh, You look at Nick Bosa going off, getting hurt with that neck head injury. Uh, What's his availability going to be? Fred Warner. Mm -hmm. He got hurt again. Um, It just everything's kind of adding up to tell me that this might be the one game of the weekend that might get out of hand. It might be a a two score, you know, 10 point win for the Packers. Mm-hmm. I just think that the the way they're playing, man, Matt LaFleur, he's just he's been an incredible coach and 
Green Bay's just good, man. They're freaking really good. Yeah. They're really freaking good. So, and San Fran's good too, but you know what? It, they're just, Aaron Rodgers, he's just he's playing with the it factor this year. Yeah. He's playing with it. And San Fran, there's nothing that they're going to do that's going to surprise Aaron Rodgers. He's the type of dude that, you know, like we talked about earlier, once he figures you out, he's going to make you pay. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If mm-hmm. their offensive line can hold up Green Bay, uh, against just the four man rush that San Francisco throws at you, it, I think this one's got a chance to to really get out of hand. Um, I, I want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers because you were a teammate of his for a little while, and you mentioned that it, there might not be anybody that knows what he's going to do after the season, but him. I would also wonder if he really knows what he's going to do or how much thought he's put into it. And you tell me if I'm wrong. My perception of Aaron Rodgers is that. When he's not on the practice field and when he's not on the game field, he can play the, the the drama game. He can play all of that as much as he wants, but he does have a great ability to focus when he's asked to be the quarterback of this team. And right now, I would be shocked if there's anything else going through his mind other than, first of all, how do we beat the 49ers? Who are we going to play next? And how do we win a Super Bowl? Yeah. And I don't think there's any outside pressure yeah. on Aaron. I don't think that there's any uh, outside pressure on the Packers as a whole. Uh, pro- there's probably internal pressure to say, you know what, we've been so damn close the last couple of years and, yeah. and we got to get over the hump. Um, but, no, Aaron Rodgers was one of the most, if not the most, uh, you know, calm guys I've ever played with. Uh, and I think that, that that goes a long way for your team when you have a quarterback of not only that talent but – the leadership to be able to calm guys down and not make things bigger than they are, right? It's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been here before. We were in the NFC Championship game two years in a row. We expect to do that. We expect to be back there this year and win. Um, when you have a quarterback like that that's able to kind of calm and ease everybody's, you know, kind of tension and, and uh, you know, nerves a little bit, that goes a long way. And um, the expectations for him – I think, you know, whether hypothetically, you know, if he doesn't go back to Green Bay after this year, mm-hmm. like that would be one of the most tragic things in sports in my mind if he only leaves with one Super Bowl ring. Well, Just with the, the talent he's had, the teams that we had when I was there, the teams they've had the last couple of years. That That's why I'm just kind of putting everything together to say, you know what, there's a little bit of more, more motivation, I think, for these guys to get it done this year because they know – they might be at the end of the end clock's of the road. Yeah, the yeah. clock's tipping. They, they they might be at the end of the end of the road with with the type of talent they have and what they can keep going forward. But now nah, I think he's just he was an incredibly fun guy to play football with. Um, just not only his talent but the way his demeanor, mm-hmm. um, just keeping everybody calm. And you know that's I just think that there's there's no moment that's ever too big for him. Even when they get behind in games, it's. You know, hey, let's relax, guys. One play at a time. Let's go do this. There's not a lot of panic. There's not any freak out. <laughs> yeah. Anything. Um, it's just you know, let's go play. And you trust a guy like that to to uh, to make some big plays and and, and win you a lot of games. And uh, I, I think he's just a special player. Obviously, he's a hell of a talent. I, I think he should be the clear MVP again this season. It, it's nothing it's, taken away from your guy, but no. But it, it's it's hard <laughs> to argue that what they were able to do. Um, and. Uh, you know what? We'll get into that debate um, when that is announced as well, to whether did, they get it right or not. I mean, he did get, what, 37 out of the 50 first-team uh, all-pro votes. Those are the same writers that vote for MVP. 
Well, we'll we'll see. So I mean, if there's a if, if the writing's on the wall, right? You know, yes. it seems to be going that way. But yeah, I think just uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. It's it, there's I, it's hard to put your finger on it, John. But when you feel something, yeah. You know, it's 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 hard to say, but it, that's Green Bay's just got that feeling. They do. They got that love and feeling. They just got that feeling. Play man. the music right the, now. There's just something about it where you're like, not only do I think they have it, but it's also part of me that's like, they have to. Yeah. Like they have to, man. They've been so damn close. Like this is the year they have to do it. Will that be the biggest disappointment of this year? Um, and not just because you played there, but because of the buildup. If they don't win the Super Bowl, will that be the biggest disappointment? I think so. I mean, for me personally, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you look at uh, how close they were last year losing to Tampa. Um, I think they were even better this year. Yeah. And you look at the fact that other teams all have a little bit of flaws. I mean, Tampa, uh, you know, playing without Chris Godwin, the, the the drama that they just had to go through a couple of weeks with ago with Antonio Brown. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Rams with the amount of heaping pressure that's on them um, to win. You look at uh, even San Fran. I mean, the yeah. flaws that they have. Um, it just seems like Green Bay is the one team that is just primed and getting healthy at the right time, and everything's everything. All the mojo is bright, and everything. The chemistry is just bright. It's where it needs to be at this point of the year. I think it would be tremendously disappointing. Now, I think there's probably more pressure on the Rams um, just because of everything they've done. Oh, with, they've, they've with, invested. With trading every single first-round pick yeah, for you seven have. or eight years. I yeah. mean, you don't have anything. You basically sell the whole farm. Like, if they don't get over the hump, um, I think there needs to be serious discussions about the way that, you know, their, their GM, their coach is doing business. You don't mm-hmm. trade – Look, they won a playoff game last year with Jared Goff. They went into Seattle and beat Seattle, and then they go into Lambeau and they lost. Yeah. Um, if you if you have the same result after trying to do all of that, sell everything and go get Von Miller and going to get OBJ, there's there's a lot of pressure on the Rams. There's a <laughs> lot of pressure. If you do all that, just end up in the same situation. Yeah. There's going to be some trouble out there in LA. But no, I think uh, for for me, the clear favorite, at least to get out of the NFC, has to be the Packers. Well, uh, the the team that I think. I think probably most people don't know about or is uh, I have questions about is Tennessee. Like when people say, okay, well, yeah. you know, Green Bay, right? They got the, the, they got the first round by and they've got home field advantage. And then everybody asks, okay, well, who, who got it in the AFC? And we're like, Tennessee. Like, really? Yeah. What? And you know, Ryan Tannehill. It's kind of like the AFC just beat the each other last month. Just and just I mean, Tennessee's doing. division blows. Well, but you look at Tennessee, too. That You know, the last five games, you know, Houston, Miami, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, their loss, and San Fran. Right. You yeah. know, battle-tested, probably not. Yeah. Probably the easiest schedule out of uh, any of those top AFC teams had the last five games. But well, you, you still can't take away with, with how impressive it was to them for them to not only lose uh, Derrick Henry but to yeah. still win 12 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you as soon as Derrick Henry went down, I know I wasn't by myself. I'm like, there's no way Ryan Tannehill's leading this team. No. <laughs> Maybe not even the playoffs or the division, yeah. but he led them to the one seed. That's pretty damn, it's pretty damn impressive. But they're a team that just kind of naturally being in the AFC – you know, we don't get to watch a lot of their games. Yeah, um, they were just kind of a a weird team that kind of almost felt like they backed into the one seed. Um, 
they're still impressive, but I don't think there's anything really about that team outside of maybe Derrick Henry coming back that you're like, wow, this is exciting. Wow, yeah. look at these. Wow, look at this game changer. Right? They're just uh, they play solid football, man. I, I'm going to watch that football. game simply to see if Derrick Henry can. Uh, stiff arm someone or toss someone while he's running. <laughs> oh, I, he I absolutely will. I, I, that, that is what I watch for when I watch the Titans play. Just a freak of nature, man. I mean, look at the Tennessee. They didn't have, you know, the the receivers AJ Brown, Julio Jones. They didn't have one receiver over 900 yards. Right, right. Their leading receiver AJ Brown, 869 yards, five touchdowns. Right. Does that does that blow anybody? No, out of the water. No, Derrick Henry goes down, and they kind of got a committee. You know, Foreman rushes for 550, Hilliard rushed for 350. Does that blow anybody out of the water? No. I mean, you look at even Tannehill's stats, right, throwing for 3,700 yards, which in today's NFL is not that much. Very average. Pedestrian. 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Is that not wild great yet? numbers? No. No. I mean, that's the confusing part about this team right. is that. That's why I don't you, know. I can't figure out who they are. You look at them statistically, and you're just like, how? Like, how did they get to one seed? Even defensively, leading tackler, Kevin Byard, 88 tackles. Like, right. so teams here's now the have like 150, 160. It's just, you look at them and it's so confusing because they look on paper like a very, probably slightly above average team without Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. But they still battle their way to the one seed. There's just, that. That's there, there's a lot we don't know about them. There's a lot that I don't know about them. There's a lot that you probably don't know about them. They yep. just, it, it's one of those teams that's like, I don't know how they're the one seed. I don't know how they're winning games, but they are. But they win. But they are. And they've, I think they've got for the one seed in like playoff history, probably the lowest like point differential. Right. I think it was <laughs> winning a bunch of close games, but you know what? They, they won them and that's yep. all that matters. Now it's a whole new challenge. Uh, with Cincinnati obviously coming in, but I'm excited to kind of watch that game just to see see if there's any real hype around Tennessee or Cincinnati because everything right now in the AFC seems to be focused on Buffalo and Kansas City. Right? Can and Tennessee show us that, that maybe they got a chance to to make a run? I think the future of the AFC we're going to see some epic battles between Cincinnati and Kansas City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, And you know what? You could throw Buffalo in there. They're kind of that team with Josh Allen that is, like, I'm curious for Josh Allen. Part of so much of his success is being able to run the ball and his mobility. What happens in another three or four years when he's taken a few hits, maybe he has an injury, maybe he's just not as mobile, are they the same team? But I think right now you could say, well, you know, with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, with Patrick Mahomes and whoever they put with him, like those are the two teams that are the class of the AFC yeah. for the next decade. Cincinnati's got more holes. I mean, if they... But they, they're, they're, they're early on in the process. 100%, yeah. yeah. And they, uh, you know, we saw it with really all the good quarterbacks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, his first couple times at the playoffs, you know, kind of fizzling out and adding yep. a couple more pieces and uh Patrick Mahomes you know first couple times of playoffs losing to the Patriots and yeah. um you know just kind of fizzling out right uh I think the Bengals still have a couple holes but yeah when you, you look at the way that Joel Burrow's playing and Chase <sighs> the other receivers I mean if they can solidify <laughs> they that offensive an, line yeah they build an offensive line around him Joel Mixon I mean they they got a chance to they got a chance to probably at least close that gap between, mm-hmm. you know, Kansas City and Buffalo. I think the schedule on Sunday 
the games aside, they're going to be great games. You got the Rams and Bucks. You got the Bills and Chiefs. But the TV schedule, three o'clock start, and then a six thirty start, I think is the ultimate in in Sunday football watching. Because you get a chance to you get a relaxing morning. You can have a nice big brunch for 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 lunch. Get ready for the you know maybe even throw in a family event, and then at three o'clock, hey. We're sitting down. We're watching football, and then at six thirty, it's a quick turnaround. You got another game, and chances are you're done by ten o'clock, and you're in bed ready for Monday. Yeah, those eight thirty games are getting a little out of oh, control, man. Yes. Those eight thirty games are. I'm kind of turning into grumpy old man. Where you know, ten o'clock hits, ten thirty yes. hits. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't watch this shit. Like, Welcome <laughs> to my world. I can't do yeah. it, and I don't even have to get up at four a.m. like you do. But no, I think uh, that's this weekend. Rams Bucks going to be I think it's going to be I think it's going to be an incredible weekend. Rams Bucks. Man, I mean, you look at what Stafford did Monday night against the Cardinals, only throwing the ball 17 times, right. uh buying into kind of taking the back seat on that offense. Yeah. Right? I Do think what it has to be done to win a game. I think that's hard for a lot of uh star quarterbacks to do is to be asked to take the back seat and run the ball 40 times and buy into it, but he did. And he was incredibly accurate, and he made some plays with his feet, uh, picking up a couple, you know, key first downs. Um, you know, showing some toughness and getting in there on the end zone on the quarterback sneak, barely third, third uh, try, <laughs> third try. Yeah, but I, I think look, I, the Rams, man. I, I tell you, I like we just talked about. They've got a lot of pressure on them, and you go to play Tampa. I know Tampa's had some issues, but. That's a Tampa whole, defense a whole, was rolling whole, on Saturday. That is a whole different defense than what you just saw in Arizona. You've mm-hmm. got probably two of the best linebackers in all of football in uh, White and uh, Levante David. You've got a defensive line that is big, that is fast, that is physical. Yeah, um, You're not just going to run the ball 35 times right up the middle of those guys. No. You ain't going to do it. And, look, I, I think Stafford showed us really the last half of the season – when he has to throw the ball 40, 45 times to kind of get you back in the game and keep you in games, he's going to make a mistake now. He's going to make a mistake. He's going to make at least one. And sometimes that's the difference in these playoff games. You give Tom Brady an extra possession, uh, you know, down in the red zone. If you mm-hmm. fumble or if you turn it over, throw a pick, uh, they're going to make you pay. And that's why I just can't, I can't pick against Tom Brady. I can't do it. I mean, he, he he lives for these moments. He makes you pay in the playoffs when you make a mistake. And unfortunately, with Stafford, um, he's just shown that he's gonna do, he's gonna make those mistakes. And I don't see I don't see the Rams going down there and controlling the line of scrimmage and getting up, you know, ten, thirteen points, and you know, making Tom Brady have to throw the ball fifty times. I, I kind of see it the opposite way. And if it goes that way, that is not the way that the Rams want to play football. And uh, they don't it doesn't really give them a path to win. Um, now you do look at the Rams defense. The one reason why they can win, Aaron Donald, right? right? One of the best defensive players, if not the best, to ever play football, to ever put on a helmet. I mean, that guy is an absolute tank. He's a machine. He can wreck a game. If he can get internal pressure on Tom Brady, uh, Von Miller, if he can get a little pressure on Tom Brady with just a four-man rush and you allow your DBs, you allow your linebackers to kind of confuse coverage a little bit, disguise some things, um, look, now you're probably giving yourself a chance to win. But um, if that doesn't happen, I just I don't see any I don't see any scenario where where LA can get in there and get 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 a get a win. Six thirty, Bills Chiefs. Now week five, a lot of people, not many people, thought the Bills could go to Arrowhead 
and get a win. Yet it was 38-20 victory for the Buffalo Bills. It's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a team twice in their own environment. And going to Arrowhead, did you ever play in Arrowhead? Um, yeah, not, I think 2014-ish. Yeah. Arrowhead, Actually, earlier than that. I think it was 2011. Yeah. My, my, well, I played in Arrowhead, I want to say twice, but I, I, one thing I remember was that was like Seattle, one of the yeah, it's hard to play in. absolute loudest places I've ever played at an outdoor venue. Indoor, it's a completely different ball game, but outdoor, it was, it was one of those places where if I, if I was going to shout in your ear hole, you wouldn't hear or understand what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a it's hard place to play. Um, but can Buffalo do it twice? They can. They can. I think. You um, think they do? Call it for the upset? It's basically a pick em. I've gone back and forth on this really the last couple of days since, <laughs> since this yeah. line came out. Um, it's hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes and the way that he plays generally in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you know, you look at the way he played against Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh's. Damn good defense, too. Yeah. I know Pittsburgh's offense ain't nothing. Yeah, they 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 suck, but yeah. Pittsburgh's defense pretty damn good to go out there and Pittsburgh's score defense points. Um, was impressive. I, I think that you know what, I don't I don't think I can pick against Mahomes, but I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo wins. I, just the way that Buffalo is, the style of football the pl- they play, the black and blue, the punch you in the mouth. Uh, we're going to run right at you. We're going to run quarterback sweeps. We're going to do all this. It, it, it's just a style of football that um, that I love to watch. And Kansas City is more uh, probably finesse team, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to do all these cute little formations and motions and try Which to confuse can work. the hell out of you. Yeah. It, it can work. But uh, Buffalo is just more, we're going to line up, we're going to punch in the mouth. And look, I mean, Josh Allen, he's been a, Pretty confusing player, I think, oh. for the majority of his career. Especially he'll, this year. He'll have games like, you know, against New England where it's just like, dude, nobody could, would be able to stop that. Nobody. Oh. I don't care who you're playing. Nobody's stopping Their the offense that you play. had a perfect, time, had perfect game. Perfect game. And then you watch, you know, some other games that he plays, and you're just like, who is this? What the hell are you doing? You know, it's just very confusing. Now, I think maybe he's over that hump. Maybe, but I don't know. But the one thing I know is Patrick Mahomes is going to be ready to go. And that's just why that's why I can't pick against him at home. It's yeah. one of these games where I think whoever's playing at home probably has the advantage. Yeah. Um, but Buffalo, you know what? I, I, that's probably the one game that I'm the most excited about, just oh. to watch as a football fan, to watch. Because I think, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think it's going to be a hell of a battle. I think it's going to be back and forth. Two different style of football, punch you in the mouth. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm glad it's the Sunday. Uh, well, you can't really call it night yeah, afternoonish. It's, it's after thank dinner. So it's I mean, night. thank God it's not going to be you know one of those midnight games. But no, I'm I'm excited to watch that one. That's going to be fun. And well, I think whoever wins that probably going to the Super Bowl. Well, that's going to be the one. Uh, ooh, you're picking your you, you, the winner of that game goes to the Super Bowl. Yes, and I will also say you I know think what the winner you're not wrong. Yeah. No, I, th- I think whoever wins that game is... Bengals can't beat either of those teams, and I don't think the Titans can either. No, I mean... Not in this, in this, at this time. No, not... Yeah. Plus, think, it's the one where I'm going to watch it just as a fan. Yes, and I'm going to hold you to that. I'm yep. going to FaceTime you every five minutes. 
Well, we will uh, we'll talk to you next week, and I'll let you know how that experience is. Please do. How miserable it might be for my family to uh, to have the remote, um, and we'll see if I can follow through. Uh, you're going to have a uh, great time. I promise. <laughs> hey, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, you're listening to Necessary Roughness with Lang and Jansen.